Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Continuing the conversation about the Patriots beaten soundly yesterday by the Miami Dolphins 20-7. to Mac Jones busted up after the game, x-rays after the game on that back and continuing to break it down with us now is Chris Price. Chris Price of the Boston Globe, also the host of the Believe in Patriots podcast on the uh, on the uh, Believe Podcast Network, co-host LeGarrette Blunt, friend of the show. Chris, thanks for being with us again. How are you? Good. I'm doing well, Brady. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'd be. I'm doing better than the rest of the Patriots are after yesterday. I guess my <laughs> my question for you is: Do you see yesterday like Bill Belichick, where you're just two big plays away from being right in it, or do you see it like I do, where it never really felt like you were that close, and those two big plays just further separated it? I'm a little bit more toward Bill than I am you, at least at this point in the process, because look, we've talked about this before. You and I have had these discussions many, many times over the years, and I, I always go back to the idea that at the start of the year, it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is. The truth lies somewhere in the middle when you're talking about the Patriots, especially the first month of the season. Was it ugly at times? Yes. Those two plays were absolutely awful. But what they did on the defensive side of the ball, I think that there is optimism there. Other than the 42-yard touchdown Thunderbolt from Tua to Jalen Waddell, I thought the defense played really well. Yeah. And you only give up one touchdown, that should be enough. There are more than enough questions on the offensive side of the ball. But when it comes to what they did on defense, I think it's a good start. But again, really for me right now, it's the first month of the season. Things are kind of playing out. They don't have the sort of you know margin for error that they had four, five, six, seven years ago when they would do this at the start of the year. But at the same time... Yeah, I again, like I said, I always go back to the idea, but it's not as good as you think it is, and it's not as bad as you think it is. So unless you're talking about the 2007 Patriots, and then you know they really <laughs> are as good as you think they are. You know, the offense, we had been told they're going to incorporate some of this Shanahan stuff, some of the McVeigh stuff. It's a new offense. I got to be honest, outside of a couple of like bubble screens, I didn't notice anything all that different. Did you see a lot of new concepts yesterday? Yeah, there were a few specifically to the zone blocking schemes when it came to the run plays. And, and but but yeah, I agree with you. Most of the offense yesterday did not look wildly different than the offense we've seen over the last two decades here with Bill Belichick in charge. It's you know it's a lot of leaning on the run game. Like you said, there were some bubble screens. There were some shots downfield that maybe we didn't see a whole lot of last year. But at the same time, I, I don't think it was wildly different. I think that there were a few new wrinkles, but I don't think, you know, from start to finish, it was wildly different than the offense that we saw, you know, previously under Bill Belichick. What do you think is going on with Kendrick Bourne? Because it seems like this is becoming an issue. One, he's not on the field and he's good. Two, the players behind the scenes appear to be questioning why he's not on the field. Why do you think he's been demoted? That's a great question. It is, and, and I really don't know. I, I really don't know. They could have used him on multiple occasions yesterday. I'm not saying that he has to be out there for all 50-something snaps, but at the same time, you get a guy out there who can you know, stretch the field a little bit, you know, change things up, shake things up a little bit, especially when you had a lack of depth at corner in the Miami secondary past Davian Howard. So, you know, I, look, it, it, there's some sticking point between him and Bill, and it needs to be resolved sooner rather than later if they want to be able to reach their maximum offensive capacity. 
I understand that tackle might have been the bigger issue on the on the, uh, the 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 strip sack touchdown there, maybe more so tackle than guard. But watching the game yesterday, I was mad all over again that this team traded Shaq Mason. Why? Wh- yeah. Why? 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 Why do you give up capable offensive linemen and then have offensive line communication issues and protection issues in week one? Yeah, that that was a it, we we talk about the you know the the problems on the offense, and I think the communication up front is certainly one of them. And and again, I, I don't know who was at fault on that play. You know, you could look at Trent Brown because he was the guy closest to the blitzer, and by default, you could probably choose him as you know at least bearing some of the you know, having some of the faults for 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 what happened. But yeah, I mean, this is a group that needs to be able to continue to work together. And I think one of the things that we saw yesterday was that this group has not had a whole lot of reps alongside each other. They didn't have a whole lot of reps alongside each other over the course of the preseason. You need to be able to build that continuity. You need to be able to build that consistency if you want to have a successful offensive line. This is the point in the interview where I remind you that it took two people to replace Dante Scarnecchia when he left. Yeah. You know, They had two different offensive line coaches. They need to be able to nail that down. I'm not saying that Dante's coming back, but at the same time, you need to be able to square that away. If you're going, if you want to get to where you want to get to offensively, what did you think of Mac overall? I thought he was okay. I, I thought that you know maybe the pocket awareness on the the strip sack could have been uh, could have been better. But I think from start to finish, you know, th- there were a handful of people at fault in this game. He certainly isn't at the top of the list. You know, there there were what Bill said after the game. You know, there weren't a lot of incomplete passes. You know, what they asked him to do, the game plan that they asked him to execute he followed through on and so you know he bears some of the blame for for what happened you know with the turnovers but at the same time you know I I certainly don't think you know it was his fault I think they need to put more people around him you know we talked about the Kendrick Bourne situation you know it was good to see Jonu Smith yesterday uh you know running angry it was good to see Jacoby Myers be that consistent presence they just need to be able to execute around him I'm not saying he was the only you know I'm not saying that, that he didn't have his low points but at the same time, if you're looking for people to blame about yesterday's loss, he's, he's not one of them. You know, Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston, I think, is one of the best Patriots guys out there. And he comes on our show every single Friday. He said on TV yesterday that he put his stock down on Kyle Duggar. I actually walked away thinking Kyle Duggar played really well yesterday. So there's a differing opinion yeah. on that. What would you make of Duggar? Yeah, I, I thought Duggar in the, the podcast, the post-game podcast that I did yesterday, a solo podcast that, that's up now at the Believe Network, it, he he was my first thumbs up. He was my first guy to, to, to praise. This is, this is a guy who, in my mind, was all over the field. This is a guy who did what he needed to do. They weren't able to completely contain Tyreek Hill, but when he was working in tandem with another defender in coverage or whatever, you know, open field tackles, whatever the case may be, Duggar did his job yesterday. Duggar is on that short list of guys who I thought came out of yesterday's game with a stock up. So, you know, I'm not usually in the business of disagreeing with Phil, but I'm going to side with you on this one. <laughs> Chris Price, Boston Globe, also Believe Podcast Network. Him and LeGarrette Blunt do great work over there. Uh, you know, in LG specialty, the run game yesterday, Pats didn't really run it well. Only three and a half yards a carry, or maybe it was 3.8, but nonetheless it was under four. Is that just a product of them being behind and being one-dimensional, or did you really see something kind of structurally wrong with the run game? I think it's more the former than the latter. I think that some of the problems in the run game do go back to the offensive line performance. Um, but I also think, too, and look, 
it's going to happen when you're in the second half and you're down by double digits. You're not going to you're not going to run the ball. You're going to have to throw the ball to get back in the game. And I think that's what we saw yesterday. I think on that first drive, they were steady. They were consistent. They were picking up large chunks of yardage in the running game from Andre Stevenson, Damian Harris. I thought they performed very well. But again, a lot of that kind of goes out the window when you're forced to throw the ball in the second half. Who's in worse shape right now, the Patriots or the Red Sox? <laughs> um, I would say the Red Sox is just based on the time of you know the the, the that point in the schedule. Um, uh, you know, again, if if the if the Patriots are losing this game twenty to seven to the Dolphins in South Florida in December, and are clearly out of the playoff picture, I would say the Patriots. But I think the Red the Red Sox, given you know the point in the calendar where we are right now, I, I think the Red Sox are, are in more trouble than the Patriots. Chris, we appreciate it. Uh, week one in the books. Go to Pittsburgh next week. It's a Steelers team that, look, they just beat the AFC champion Bengals. T.J. Watt looks like he's going to be out for a while, so that makes life easier for the Patriots. But uh, your way-too-early read on kind of where the Pats match up with Pittsburgh, because I'll be honest, this was a game I had scheduled. Like, this was a gimme and a layup for the Patriots, and now it might not be. Well, this is a game that's going to make the defense look good again. And, and I think that you're going to, if you're going to win this game, you're going to have to win this game on the shoulders of your defense, given where you are offensively. And so if you can play the same way you played yesterday on defense, you're going to give your offense a chance. If you can slow the Pittsburgh offense down, if you can hold them to one touchdown, then that gives you a chance. And I think that's where we are at this stage with this Patriots team. If, if they can keep the Pittsburgh offense contained, you know, whatever that means, I could mean an awful lot of things, but if they could keep the Pittsburgh offense contained, I, I, I think the Patriots have a chance in this one. I think right now it's a toss-up because these are two teams that are kind of still searching for an identity, you know, the post-Brady, the post-Roethlisberger era. You know, are, are these guys, are their starting quarterbacks, you know, able to, you know, are they going to be able to make that leap to the next level? So it's going to be a fascinating matchup, by the way. Chris, appreciate your time as always. We'll check you out on the Believe Podcast Network with LeGarrette Blunt and continue to follow you uh, at the Boston Globe as well. So we appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care, Brady, and we'll talk soon.